Today's story is called Makinitao, the Evil Spirit. But before I start though, as usual, just a reminder, if you like the podcast, then please subscribe to it and do share it with your friends and family. And if you really like the podcast, you can now show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is Shinjan B. Please see the show description for more details. Right, let's start the story. Kemanitao, being the master of life, at one time became the origin of a spirit and has ever since caused him and all others of his creation a great deal of disquiet. His birth was owing to an accident. It was in this place. Metalwork, or as people call it now, Long Island, was originally a vast plain, so level and free from any kind of growth that it looked like a portion of the great sea that had suddenly been made to move back and let the sand below appear, which was in fact the case. Here it was that Kemanta used to come and said when he wished to bring any new creation to life. The place being spacious and solitary, the water upon every side, he had not only room enough, but was free from interruption. It is well known that some of these early creations were of very great size, so that very few could live in the same place, and their strength made it difficult for even Kemaito to control them, for when he has given them certain powers, they have the use of the laws to govern those powers, till it is his will to take them back to himself. Accordingly, it was the custom of Kemaito when he visited to try the effect of these creatures to set them in motion upon the island of Metawa, and if they did not please him, he took the life away from them again. He would set a mammoth or otherwise animal in the center of the island and build it up with great care, somewhat in the manner that a cabin or a canoe is made. Even to this day, may be found traces of what had been done here in former years and the manner in which the earth sometimes sinks down shows that this island is nothing more than a great cake of earth, a sort of platter laid upon the sea for the convenience of Kemantau, who used it as a table upon which he might walk. Never having designed it for anything else, the margin of the Katimak, or the Hudson River, being better adapted to the purposes of habitation, when the master of life wished to bring up an elephant or mammoth, he placed four cakes of clay upon the ground at proper distances, which were molded into shape and became the feet of the animal. Now sometimes these were left unfinished, and to this day the green tussocks could be seen like little islands about the marshy shore where these cakes of clay were placed. As Kemanita went on with his work, the Ibabarawabites, or water spirits, and the Pakwurjinis, the Vanilla Vanish, and indeed all the lesser manacles used to come and look on and wonder what it would be and how it would act. When the anchor was completed and had dried a long time in the sun, Kemanita opened a place in the side and entering in, removed them for many days. When he came forth, 
the creature began to shiver and sway from side to side in such a manner as should the whole island for lights. If its appearance pleased the master of life, it was suffered to depart, and it was generally found that these animals plunged into the open sea upon the north side of the island and disappeared in the great forest spiral. Now, at one time, Yamanitao was a very long time building an animal of such great bulk that it looked like a mountain upon the center of the island, and all the mantos from all parts came to see what it was. The pop coat chains specially made themselves very merry, capering behind its great ears, sitting with its mouth, each first upon a tooth, and running in and out of the sockets of the eyes, thinking Kemalita, who was finishing off other parts of the animal, would not see them. But he can see right through everything he has made. He was glad to see a pathogenic survival, and he bethought him of many new creations while he lost the emotions. When the master of life had completed this large animal, he was fearful to give it life, and so it was left upon the island, or located of the mountain, till his great weight has caused it to break through and sink in partly down. It stuck fast, the head and the tail holding up in such manner as to prevent it slipping further down. Kimanita then lifted up a piece of the bag and found it made a very good cavity into which the old creations which failed to please him might be thrown. He sometimes amused himself by making creatures very small and active with which he disported around and finding them of very little use in the world, and not so attractive as little vanishes, he would take out the life, taking it to himself, and then cast them into the cave made in the body of the unfinished animal. In this way, great quantities of very odd shapes were heaped together in this run come common or place of fragments. He was always careful before casting a thing he had created a side to take out the life. One day, the master of life took two pieces of clay and molded them into two large feet, like those of a panther. He did not make four. There were only two. He put his own feet into them and found the thread very light and springy, so that he might go with great speed and yet make no noise. Next, he built up a pair of very tall legs in the shape of his own and made them walk about a while. He was pleased with the motion, then followed a round body covered with large scales like those of the alligator. He now found the figure doubling forward and he fastened a long black snake that was guiding by the back part of the body. The one the other end now a sapling which grew near, and this held the body of Brad and made a very good thing. The shoulders were broad and strong, like those of the buffalo, and covered with hair. The neck, thick and sharp, and full at the back. Thus far, Kemanita had grown with little thought, but when he came to the head, he thought a long while. He took a round ball of clay into his life and worked it all with great care. 
while he thought he patted the ball of clay on the top, which made it very cold and warm. For Kamanita was thinking of the panther feet and the puffy neck. He remembered the buckwood jennies playing in the eye sockets of the great unfinished animal, and he bethought him to set the eyes out like those of a lobster so that the animal might see on every side. He made the forehead broad and full, but low, for here was to be the wisdom of the forked tongue, like that of the serpent, which should be as smart. It should see all things and know all things. Here the mantar stopped, for he saw that he had never thought of such a creation before, one with two feet, a creature that should stand upright and see upon every side. The jaws were very strong, with ivory teeth and pierced on either side, which rose and fell whenever breath passed through them. The nose was like the beak of the vulture. A tuft of porcupine curls made the spark lock. Kimanita held the head off the length of his heart, and turned at first upon one side, and then upon the other. He passed it rapidly to the air, and saw the tails rise and fall. The lofty eyes were gone, and the vulture nose looked cold. The man called the very sad. Yet, he put the head upon the shoulders. It was the first time he had made an upright figure. It seemed to be the first idea of a man. It was nearly right. The bats were flying through the air, and the roar of wild beasts began to be heard. A gusty wind swept in from the ocean and passed over the air. Casting the light sand to and fro. A wavy sky was still on the horizon, while higher up in the sky was a dark thick cloud, upon the verge of which the moon hung for a moment and was then shut up. A panther came by and stayed for a moment, with one foot raised and bent inward, while it looked up at the image and smelt the feet that were like his own. A vulture swooped down with great noise of its wings and made a dash at the beak, but Tamanta held it back. Then came the porcupine, the lizard, and the snake, each drawn by its kind in the image. Tamanta wheeled his face for many hours, and the gusty wind swept by, but he did not stay. He saw that every beast of the earth seeks its kind, and that which is like draws its likeness to itself. The master of life thought and thought. The idea grew into his mind that at some time he would create a creature who should be made not after the things of the earth, but after himself. The being should link this world to the spirit world. Being made in the likeness of the great spirit, he should be drawn into his likeness. Many days and nights, Whole seasons passed while Kimanita thought about these things. He saw all things. Then the master of life lifted up his head. The stars were looking down upon the image, and a bat had collided upon the forehead, spreading its great wings upon its side. Kimanita took the bat and held out its whole lovely wings, and ever since the bat in the rest left his body and bowed, so that could try them over the head of the image. He then took the life of the bat away and twisted off the body, 
by rich monks that all pay over the head of the image, and upon each side, making the ears and a covering for the forehead and a cap of a hooded serpent. The Manitou did not cut off the face of the image below, but went on, and made a chin and lips that were firm and long, that they might shut in the fourth tongue of ivory teeth, and he knew that with the lips the image would smile and life should be given to him. The image was not complete, save for the arms, and Timantau saw that it was necessary it should have hands. He grew more hands. He had never given hands to any creature. He made the arms and the hands very beautiful after the manner of his own. Timantau now took no pleasure in the work he had done. It was not good in his sight. He wished he had not given it hands. Might it not, when trusted with life, create? Might it not thwart the plans of the master of life himself? He looked long at the image. He saw what he could do when life should be given to him. He knew all things. He now put fire on the image. But fire is not life. He put fire within and a red glow passed through and through it. The fire dried the clay of which the image was made, and gave the image an exceedingly fierce aspect. It shone through the scales upon the breast, through the gills and the battling ears. The lobster eyes are like a living thing. The Manitou opened the side of the image, but he did not enter. He had given it hands and a chin. It could smile like the Manitou's themselves. He made it walk all about the island of Nepal that he might see how it would act. This he did by means of his will. He now put a little life into it, but he did not take out the fire. Kemanikau saw the aspect of the creature would be very terrible, and yet that it could smile in such a manner that it ceased to be ugly. He thought upon these things. He felt it would not be best to let such a creature live. A creature made up mostly from the beasts of the field, but with the hands of power, a chin lifting the head upward, and lips holding all things within themselves. While he thought upon these things, he took the image in his hands and cast it into the cave. But Kemanta forgot to take out the life. The creature lay a long time in the cave, but did not stir. For its fall was very great. It lay amongst the old creations that had been thrown in there without life. Now when a long time had passed, the Manitou heard a great noise in the cave. He looked in and saw the image sitting there, and it was trying to put together the old broken things that had been cast in as of no value. The Manitou gathered together a vast heap of stones and sand, for large rocks are not to be had upon the island, and stopped the mark of the cave. Many days passed, and the noise within the cave grew louder. The earth shook, and hoarse smoke came from the ground. The manitos crowded to Nepal to see what was the matter. The manitow came also, for he remembered the image he had cast in there, of which he had forgotten to take away the life. Suddenly, there was a great rising of the storms and sand, and the sky grew black with wind and dust. Fire played about on the ground, 
and water gushed out into the air. All the mariners fled with fear, and the image came forth with a great noise and most terrible to behold. Its life had grown strong within it, for the fire had made it very fierce. Everything fled before it and cried, Makinita, Makinita, which means a god, but an evil god. Thank you for listening to today's story. As usual, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can contact me on Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin. And you can also email me. My ID is iamshinjan at gmail.com. All these details are present in the show description. Don't forget to share and subscribe. And as I said before, if you really like the podcast, you can show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is shinjanb. So thank you once again. Till next time. Goodbye.